Hello and welcome to another Bible in the News. This week we review Russia's scary new weapons which will be ready for use in the next two years. The nations are indeed preparing for the great conflict of the latter days as we would expect from Bible prophecy. This is Matt Davies joining you. In the Bible, in the book of Joel chapter 3, we read of a remarkable prophecy of our time. We know this because in the first verse, God, through the prophet, declares, For behold, in those days and in that time, when I shall bring again the captivity of Judah and Jerusalem. It is thought that Joel was written around 900 years before Christ. We have seen God's hand at work fulfilling this prophecy in recent years, 3,000 years later. The Jewish people, who, despite being scattered from their homeland by the Romans nearly 2,000 years ago, retained their cultural identity and in recent times have been regathered to their land. They declared the independence of the State of Israel in 1948, 60 years ago, and they obtained control of Jerusalem after the Six-Day War in 1967. Joel chapter 3 is a prophecy for our days then, in the time when God has indeed brought again the captivity of the people of Judah and Jerusalem back from their wandering. The next verse explains God's intention for this regathered people. I will also gather all nations and will bring them down into the valley of Jehoshaphat or the valley of God's judgment and will plead with them there for my people and for my heritage Israel whom they have scattered among the nations and parted my land. Joel chapter 3 verse 2. So God is going to bring the nations against Israel. This does seem counterproductive. Why would God restore Israel in order to then bring the nations against them? Well, the answer is in the verse. He will plead with them for his people and his heritage Israel. The people of Israel are set to become the centre of an international controversy. They will be attacked by the nations, but then God will act in defence of his people. The grand point of all this is recorded later in the chapter. The Lord Yahweh also shall roar out of Zion and utter his voice from Jerusalem, and the heavens and the earth shall shake. But the Lord Yahweh will be the hope of his people and the strength of the children of Israel. So shall ye know that I am Yahweh, your God, dwelling in Zion, my holy mountain. Then shall Jerusalem be holy. And there shall no strangers pass through her any more. Joel chapter 3, verses 16 to 17. These things then have been revealed to any who wish to understand the Creator's purpose. He will use this coming conflict in order that people will know him. And clearly this indicates that Israel do not currently know him. In that day, the world will know him and he will dwell in Jerusalem, which will become the capital city of the kingdom of God on the earth. At this time, Jesus and his faithful followers will be kings and priests, and we shall reign on the earth, as it says in Revelation chapter 5, verse 10. This is ultimately where the world is heading, and this is God's great revealed purpose. It is interesting to consider that in the middle of the prophecy of Joel chapter 3, we read, 
Proclaim ye this among the Gentiles, prepare war, wake up the mighty men, let all the men of war draw near, let them come up, beat your plowshares into swords and your pruning hooks into spears, let the weak say, I am strong. That's Joel 3 verse 9 and 10. So we can expect after the regathering of the people of Israel, a preparation for war that involves resources being spent on developing weaponry. In the companion prophecy of Ezekiel 38, we read of the principal nations involved in the coming conflict. The main leader of the attack, the attack we are told, is Gog, who is the Prince of Rosh. Rosh is an ancient name for the people of the Rus, we now call the Russians. We would expect, therefore, to see them leading the way in the preparation for war in the latter days. This week in the news, we have once again read of Russia's preparations for war. CNBC reported on the 24th of May that, quote, Russia quietly conducted the world's longest surface-to-air missile test, end quote. In this report, it stated, quote, Russia quietly conducted the world's longest surface-to-air missile test, according to sources with direct knowledge of U.S. intelligence concerning the weapons program. The S-500 surface-to-air missile system successfully struck a target 299 miles away, which the U.S. assessed is 50 miles further than any known test, said the sources who spoke to CNBC on the condition of anonymity. The latest revelation comes one week after CNBC learned that multiple US intelligence reports assess that Russia will be capable of fielding a hypersonic glide vehicle called Avangard, a weapon that no country can defend against by 2020. The hypersonic weapon is capable of carrying a nuclear warhead and is designed to sit atop an intercontinental ballistic missile. Once launched, it uses aerodynamic forces to sail on top of the atmosphere, end quote. The avant-garde supersonic weapon is supposed to move at 20 times the speed of sound, so fast that it would be impossible to stop. It can carry nuclear warheads, and according to reports, there is no known defence against it. On the 19th of May, Russia Today ran an article entitled, quote, New ICBM in 2020, Hypersonic Glider in 2019, Putin outlines nuclear deployment plans, end quote. ICBM stands for Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. In the report, it states, quote, The Sarmat is Russia's future silo-based intercontinental ballistic missile, which will replace the aging Vovavoda ICBMs. The new weapon is said to have extended range, which allows such missiles to reach US territory from the south, where they cannot be stopped by anti-ballistic interceptors deployed in Alaska. The avant-garde is a nuclear warhead, which can glide through the atmosphere at hypersonic speeds that make it virtually impossible to intercept with modern and near-future technologies. The Sarmat is expected to carry avant-garde gliders, 
Both weapon systems were showcased by Putin in March during a key policy speech. He said they and several other weapons currently in development in Russia make American ABM systems incapable of reducing Russian nuclear deterrence in the foreseeable future. He said this means that Washington's decades-old effort to tip the strategic balance with Russia in America's favour has failed, end quote. The new Sarmat missile has been nicknamed the Satan II. These two weapons, which have been in this week's news, are two of six which Putin had announced back on uh, back in March the 1st in his State of the Nation address. Other weapons he boasted of were a nuclear-armed underwater drone, supersonic cruise missiles and lasers, and a nuclear-powered cruise missile with unlimited range. ITV ran a report on the speech back in March and entitled it, quote, You listen to us now, Putin boasts of Russia's new invulnerable nuclear weapons, end quote. We can indeed see, then, the signs of the ramping up of efforts to be ready for war, with Russia leading the world now with its superior weaponry. Back in Joel chapter 3, we read of the preparation for war and that men would beat their plowshares into swords and their pruning hooks into spears. And in a complete reversal of the prophecy of the preparation to war, we read of the following in Micah, which speaks of the aftermath of the conflict. And he shall judge among many people and rebuke strong nations afar off, and they shall beat their swords into, pr- into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up a sword against nation, neither shall they learn war any more. But they shall sit, every man under his vine and under his fig tree, and none shall make them afraid, for the mouth of the Lord Yahweh of hosts hath spoken it. Micah chapter 4 verses 3 to 4. What a time to look forward to, a time of peace and of righteousness in the coming kingdom of God. As we see the signs of the coming conflict unwittingly being set in motion by the powers of men, let us never forget that it is God, the creator of the heavens and the earth, who is in control of these things and who has a purpose which he will fulfil. Therefore we watch and wait for Christ's return, knowing that it is our lot to wait patiently as God calls out of the Gentiles a people for his name who will be part of that coming kingdom, Acts fifteen fourteen. In the Psalms we read these words, Rest in the Lord Yahweh and wait patiently for him. Fret not thyself because of him who prospereth in his way, because of the man who bringeth wicked devices, to pass, Psalm 37 verse 7. And so we watch and wait patiently. This has been Matt Davies. Join us again next week, God willing, for another Bible in the News.